0: Of heights, to the depths of the sea.
1: And after eight days, verse 26, the disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors again being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be with you. And when he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and, put my, and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Notice that Jesus didn't just drop Thomas, but he met him where he was at.
0: All exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing, God. All oh, powerful. Untamed. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Who was told every lightning... Jesus appeared a second time the following Sunday, but now Thomas was there. Jesus entered the room in the same mysterious and remarkable way with the doors being shut, standing in the midst of them using the same greeting, peace to you. Jesus granted Thomas the evidence he demanded. We suppose that Jesus was not obligated to do this. He could have rightly demanded faith from Thomas on the basis of the reliable evidence from others. Yet in mercy and kindness, Jesus gave Thomas what he asked for. Jesus' mercy and kindness has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now here's Pastor Rob.
1: In our text, it says, so when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad. They 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 literally rejoiced exceedingly when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace be to you. He said this the second time. He must have needed to do that because these guys were probably shaking. I don't know about you, but I I... Can you imagine being in that situation? As the Father has sent me, he said, I also send you. And when he had said this, Notice, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is the moment we believe that the disciples were actually born again of the Spirit. Were they going to go to heaven before this? Yes, because they're saved by grace through faith, just like the Old Testament saints were. But now Jesus would give the Holy Spirit. He, he, he breathed upon them, and we believe that that is when they literally became born again, the Spirit of God indwelling them, and ultimately the Spirit of God would come upon them on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, remember Jesus told them that night in the upper room before he was arrested If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. This is when it happened that night of the resurrection. He will be in you. And it ought to remind, see these guys needed this breath. They needed the spirit of God in them to empower them, to give them this internal witness because Jesus would be rising and ascending soon and they needed that strength. They needed that wisdom. They needed the spirit of God in them. And then he promised to come upon them. He told them to wait for the promise of the Father. And what was the promise? That the Spirit of God would be poured out. And did he do that, as Joel had said, hundreds of years prior? Yes, he did, on the day of Pentecost. The room, they saw, there was a sound of a rushing. The sound of a rushing mighty wind came, and cloven tongues of fire stood over each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what did they do? They spoke the wonderful works of God. They spoke the wonderful works of God. And this breath that was breathed into him ought to remind us of Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 when God formed Adam out of the clay of the ground. And then the Bible says that he breathed, he literally resuscitated his breath. He breathed into Adam and he became a living soul or a living being. And so that same breath that brought life to Adam is the same breath that Jesus breathed on his disciples and gave them new life spiritually and see, unless you are born again of the Spirit, you are none of God's. You are none of his. Peter tells us that. Unless the Spirit indwe- of God indwells you, you are not a Christian. You can't pay your way into Christ You can't pay your way into heaven. You can't do good works and get into heaven. No, the Spirit of God either He is in you or He is not. And that's why it's so important to be born again. Ask God. He's not going to refuse you. Confess your sin. Confess your sins and come to Him and say, Lord, forgive me. I am a sinner. I have sinned. And Lord, there are many sins on my account. Would you please wash them by the blood of Christ? Wash them away. And what does the Bible say? If we confess, He is faithful. To forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What better deal can you get than that, folks? There is no greater deal in the universe than that deal right there. If we confess, he will be faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Love that. Let me get Baptist here. Can I get a hallelujah? Yes. Yes. So I'll stand up in our robes and get on the platform and wave our hands. You, know, you know, I mean, it's, it's a good it's good news. It's good. It's good. So notice in verse 23, he says, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This sounds like a really diff- a difficult saying. And it does sound a little perplexing. But the bottom line is, the disciples, and by extension, even us... We have the authority to affirm that if somebody believes in Christ, they are forgiven. But we also have the ability to not confirm if somebody does not believe in Christ, then they are not forgiven. It's really that simple. But every person has to come to faith on their own. You can't get on the, on the coattails of your parents Young people, you can't get on, uh, to heaven on the coattails of your parents. You can't ride on the coattails of anyone. It's got to be you and God. You've got to stand naked before him with all of everything that you've ever done. And you have to confess that. And he will not turn you away. He will love on you and encourage you. That's good news, isn't it? I love it. Notice verse 24. So now... Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came, and the other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see, notice the, the, what Thomas says, unless I see the prints of the nails in his, in his hands, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Notice the condition that Thomas placed on his faith. His faith was conditional. It's not that he couldn't believe, but that he would not, again, an act of the will. Now, is Thomas in heaven? I believe he is, because he, we see what happens after this. But let's all grow in our faith and place no conditions on Jesus for it, for that faith in Christ. Let's believe him for who he says is. He is, and learn to trust in him. The Bible even tells us in Hebrews, without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And unbelief is not something that's new only to the New Testament. It was in the Old Testament as well. We see that in uh, the book of uh, Deuteronomy and Numbers. When the children of Israel, remember Moses, sent the 12 spies into the promised land, and only two of them came back with a positive report, Caleb and Joshua. All the other ten of them were saying, oh, there's giants in the land, and you know, there's big people, and it's horrible. And, and, and everybody followed the ten, except the two, Joshua and Caleb. They were the only ones who returned a positive, faithful and a view of what God was going to do. They're like, let's go up at once and take it, for God is going to give it to us. And yet the ten dissuaded the people, and everybody was all upset. We can't do it. There's giants. The Anakim are in the land. The Nephilim are there. We can't go. I'm not going. I'm not going. Mm -hmm. And so finally Moses upbraids them for their lack of faith, for their unbelief. And then they get wounded, and then they say, okay, we're going to go up now. And God says, no, don't. Don't go up now. I was with you before, but now... Because of your unbelief, I'm not going with you. And they said, well, we're going to go anyway. That just sounds like what a man would do, right? You get caught, and you get wounded, and you're like, oh, I'm just going to push through anyway. And they get into a lot of trouble. The Amorites chase them out. And then they finally come to their senses. But it says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, and this is where we can bring it back to us. Because those men in the Old Testament... There's something about unbelief. It's like wildfire. All it takes is one person to be discouraging when God has given somebody else a word of faith, given them something, and all it takes is one person or a group of people to say, "Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think God's going to do that. Well, I, I'm not going to be a part of that." And all it takes is for that to fall apart. It's just a little dissuading. A little discouragement, but notice what I believe Paul tells us in Hebrews... Therefore, as, and this is why it's important for us today, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, and this is for us today, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And Paul is referring to this event back in, in, in Numbers and in Deuteronomy, this event where they lacked faith to go in and take the land when God had told them to. He says, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers, tested me and they tried me and saw my works for 40 years and therefore I was angry with that generation I said they always go astray in their heart they have not known my ways so I swore in my wrath god says they shall not enter my rest and here's paul's exhortation to us through the spirit of god he says beware brethren lest there be in any of you an evil heart an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another today, daily, while it is called today, lest any of you are hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it all those who came out Of Egypt, led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who had sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And see, we have to come to Christ. We have to believe in him. Believe in all that he says. And if you're discouraged today because your faith is is, is str- you're struggling in your faith, you know what? That's the Lord is not gonna break that, that reed that's broke that's bending. It's not He's not gonna quench that smoking flax that's almost ready to be extinguished. Do you feel that way? He's not gonna do that. He wants to build you up, he wants to encourage you. Jude tells us. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That's that's the heart of God for us. He wants to build us up. So be built up. Be in the word of God every day. Be in prayer every day. Come to fellowship as often as we have these doors open. Come and listen to the word of God expounded to you. And let's encourage each other in the, the way we are supposed to do. We're supposed to love each other and to pray for each other and to encourage one another. Let's do that because the days, folks are evil and we need to encourage one another. Are you really struggling? Why are you clamming up and not and saying, "Well, I'm okay. I'm really fine." When you're really not fine, if you're not fine, then get with somebody and tell them, "You know what? I'm a mess." We don't have to play games anymore, do we? We don't have to play church anymore. Can't we just be honest? There's no spiritual giants. We need to be honest. Be honest with one another. And after eight days, verse 26, the disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them, Jesus came the doors, again, being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be with you. And when he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and, put my, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Notice that Jesus didn't just drop Thomas, but he met him where he was at. And again, remember this verse. A bruised reed he shall not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. Remember the man whose son was demon-possessed? It tells us in Mark chapter 9. And I love this verse because there's such hope for all of us in it. This young man was demon-possessed. The father was at his wit's end. And so he asked his father, Jesus... Asked the father, how long has it been, this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown them both into the fire, into the water, notice to destroy him. That's all Satan wants to do is destroy. He'll promise you everything, but at the end of that promise, even if it's pleasurable, is a noose that you're going to hang on. That's always his plan. And see, God would have us be spared from that because he knows his adversary we think that he's still a nice guy and he wants to give us all the bling. Ah, but there's a price for that bling. You may have a moment of pleasure, but oh, the price tag for that is so steep. So steep. But notice, The man cried out, but if you can do anything, Jesus, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears. And I love the the sincerity of this, the genuineness of this. He says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. That sounds like my prayer often. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And is he going to turn you away? No, he's not going to turn you away. A bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax he will not quench. Never forget that. The devil will come and say, oh, you're washed up just like the other guys. Hey, you know what? As long as you got breath in your lungs, you keep crying out to God. He's not going to give up on you. He will be with you to the end of the age. Isn't that the promise that he had made? He said, I will be with you to the end of the age. Do I believe that? Because when I'm going through it, I need to remember that. When I've got my face in the carpet and I'm bawling my eyes out, i got to remember that. I have to remember that. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Because believing is seeing, right? Blessed are those who have not seen, and yet they've believed. You know, I'm kind of glad that I didn't see Jesus. Most of us want, would like to have seen Jesus. But I'm kind of glad that I didn't. Because right now, when I think of Jesus, I think of him in his exalted state. I think of the description that's given to us in the first couple of, first chapter of Revelation, where his eyes like a flame of fire and his hair like lightning, you know, I mean, and, and, and like white as wool and his feet like polished brass. I, I think of him in his exalted state, and I'm glad that I didn't see him because that's the image that I have in my heart as the exalted Christ. And I feel as more, uh, more advantaged in that way. And I believe that we all can be as well because we believe. Hopefully every one of us in this room have given our heart to Christ. We believed him even though we haven't seen him. And what is the promise that he said? Blessed are those. Truly happy are those who have not seen and yet believed. And John finally ends this out. He says, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. Yes, because the other three gospels have a a, a number of others. But were there others? I'm sure there were that weren't written down. But these things are written that you may believe. There, therein is the theme of this book. That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. John cherry-picked these specific miracles for the specific intent purpose of getting us to have faith in who Jesus said he was. That's the purpose of this gospel. So as we looked at you know, the I am statements that Jesus said, I am the door, I am the bread of life, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the good shepherd, and he goes on and on, I am the bread of life. All those things were for a specific reason that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And it's written that our faith might grow and become more mature. Has your faith increased? since we've been in the Gospel of John, as we have looked at all of these specific miracles? Has your faith grown? I pray that it has, because if it hasn't, then I failed. But that is the purpose, that we would have faith in the Son of God. I pray that you, along with me, that we would all continue to grow because folks, the bottom line is, we are all in different places, but we're all the body of Christ. Some are further along the, 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 the trail than we are, and some of us are, lag, are are at the very end, and I'm probably one of those hanging out at the very end. And it doesn't matter because guess what? We're all going to be with him. Do you understand? There's no competition. There's no competition. Make sure that you're on that narrow path today. Make sure that you are on that narrow and going to that narrow gate that leads to life because broad is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there are that are on that path and they're going off the cliff. And we are the ones who are supposed to say, don't go on that broad path Grab them and bring them and stick to them and hold. Stick them on your shoulders. Do what you got to do. Put duct tape on them. Whatever you got to do and get them on that path with you. Of course they have to make their own choice, but get them on the path. Show them the narrow path, the narrow way that's open for everybody. And may we grow in our faith with one another and with, in faith in Jesus specifically. I want that, don't you? I want my faith to grow. And it is growing. I'd like it to be growing a lot quicker and much bigger, but you know what? I can't do anything. Have you realized that? Sometimes, have you ever tried to strain and fuss to, to be more holy than you are? You know what? Just relax and let God do the work. Let him do the work. Don't try to make anything happen. Just love him and be loved by him and spend much time with him. And you know what? By doing that very thing, you're going to be further along than you could have any other way. It's a mystery. It is a mystery. It's so simple, and yet we try to grab the reins, we try to grab the steering wheel and say, no, I'm going to be a part of this, and I'm going to drive. And God's going, why don't you just take your hands off the, the steering wheel because you're heading for a light pole, by the way. Um, get our hands off and just rest and trust him. And by doing that, That requires faith, doesn't it? And ask God for that faith. Let's stand together and let's ask him to do that in each of us, to give us a greater faith. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. Lord, we ask that you would just grant us everything that we need to live in the time that we're living right now. Lord, would you please... Lord, increase our faith, that we would have the faith of even a mustard seed, Lord, that could say to this mountain, move, and it would move, Lord. And, and Lord, we know that there's more to that than that, that statement, Lord, but, Lord, we ask that you would just fill us, fill us to overflowing, grant us that faith, Lord, that we need. And would you please have more of us today than you had yesterday and the week before? And, Lord, help us to trust you, Lord. You are trustworthy, Lord. We can trust you we can have faith in you, Lord. Fill us and and fan the flame of our faith, Lord, that it would grow daily, moment by moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as our location, service times, information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, and information regarding Bread of Life Academy, our new school opening in the fall of 2023 just click the school link at the top of the page for more information additionally you may also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play Podcast or Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link.